0: Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Um, Wrapping up a series this week that we've been calling Go Fish, and in the month of August we've been looking at um, how we can effectively reach those people that are uh, inside of our circle of influence but outside of a relationship with God. And this month I've been teaching you really first um, why we need to reach people that are far from God, but also um, my hope is that you've found out how we can reach people that are far from God as well. Because uh, I believe that Jesus' main agenda for those that call themselves followers is not for him to make us the best friends that we can be, the best bosses that we can be, or leaders, or even pastors, or family members. No, Jesus' main agenda comes out of Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. And it shows us that his priority for those that follow him is that Jesus wants to make us a fisher of people. Jesus wants to make us fishers of men. That our number one reason for existing on this planet is actually um, that, that we're supposed to be reaching those people that are far from God and offering them the invitation to find true life in him. So for week one, I taught about um, what does the Bible say about why we should be reaching uh, lost people. The Bible has a lot to say about it, and so we covered that in week one. Uh, Week two is a little bit more practical. We talked about how we can go about winning souls because the Bible says that someone that wins souls is wise. And so we learned how we can uh, make the most of um, the opportunities opportunities that are given to us and how we reach the people that are far from God. And then last week, um, I talked about uh, what do we say? What do we say? If I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, what do I even say? This is probably the most intimidating subject to most people when it comes to their faith. And I tried to show you, though, that, that sharing your faith is easier than you think it is, and it's also not what you think it is, um, By the way, uh, all of our Sunday messages are available on our website, they're available on our podcast, so um, if you missed any of them or you want to listen to them again, you can always go back on the website, you can go back to the podcast, and you can listen to those on demand anytime that you want to. All right, so as we wrap up this series, uh, this week I really want to um, inspire you, and I want to show you really um, how you can become an expert fisherman, or... Um, or, fisherwoman, if I don't know if that's a term or not, but hey, we're all inclusive here uh, fishermen, fisherwoman, fisher dogs, fisher cats, whatever you prefer. It's all good. So, if you could choose to become an expert at anything in life, I would hope that you'd want to become an expert uh, fisher of people. Um, and, and I think more than anything, out of desiring a personal relationship with you, This is God's greatest desire for you as well, that you would become an expert fisher of people. Why? Because there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line. I've said it before. Heaven and hell are real. They're real places. They're they're not just places that that have been made up, that we use to frighten people um, into living a better life. No, heaven and hell are actual geographical places that people go when they pass from this earth. They 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 exist. And and so we have this responsibility as God's followers on this earth that we have to give the, the the people the good news that um that that their debt of sin has been paid by Jesus. That Jesus has paid what they what, what they owe, that um, but they have to accept it. And they have to make the choice to let them pay their bill. Guys, listen, hell is not a place. That, that bad people go. And hell is not a place that God sends people that he doesn't like. No, hell is a place where people go to pay for their own sin. And, and, and the sin has already been paid for. And so, as I, as I said, uh, we have the responsibility to share the hope that we've found with people. And, and not only the responsibility, we have the joy. We have the joy of being able to share with people that... that there 's so much joy that 's found when, when you know that you played a part in someone 's eternity their eternal destination being altered because of the impact that you 've made in their lives that that because of you that their lives have been a little a little bit better that there 's been val, value added to their life and that their, their eternal destination has been changed because you just stepped a little bit outside of your comfort zone to share it with them. There's joy that's found in that. Now, I've never been really good at fishing, all right? Anybody that has fished with me can attest because anybody in this room that's ever fished with me, has, they've never seen me catch a fish because I don't know if I've caught a fish in the last 10 years. I'm always the one at the dock that, um, that, that it seems like the fish somehow swim around my line to get to the person beside me. I don't know. It's different about how I'm doing it and how they're doing it, but, but it always, like, and it's not for lack of trying, okay? It's, like, throughout my life... Um, I just, I've thrown that line in the water over and over, but I'm gonna be the first to admit that if you look up expert fishermen in the dictionary, my picture is not gonna be the one that is sitting there, okay? Like, I know people that it may be their picture, but it's not gonna be mine. Now, I know, I know some, some great friends. I have family that they are great fishermen, like fantastic, I wish I could be as good as them. They catch big fish, and they catch a lot of fish. Like, they're good at it, but that's not me. And, uh, and I would classify them as, an, as really, some of them as an expert fisherman. Because they know what they're doing. They know, they know a few things about fishing. They know that, um, what bait to use or what lure to use. They know uh, what to, where to throw their line. They know... Um, how to work their lure through the water as they're reeling it back in and, and look attractive to the fish and they know just the right moment to, to set that hook and start reeling it in. There is this, um, there's this one time that I can remember that um, I, can, I can chalk up as a fishing trip that I was proud of that, um, that I, was, I was proud to catch the, the fish that I did. Um, I grew up in Florida, and so um, on the Gulf side of Florida, there's a little place called Cedar Key. And Cedar Key was a great, it was one of my dad's favorite places to, uh, to vacation with us, to take us. It was a little small community, just very quiet, very simple, and we would go there. Um, in fact, if you were here a few weeks ago, um, I told the story of how I learned to cuss. Um, and that was at, at that was at Cedar Key, right off a couple miles offshore. That we just uh, just yelled cuss words into the into the sky for, because I was probably seven years old or something, and, and he just that's how I learned. It was right there at Cedar Key, so it was one of our favorite places to go. Not just because it was free territory to to cuss as long as there's no ladies on. Just. Run that out there, but but my dad took us on a fishing trip one time. I was a little older. He took us on a fishing trip to to Cedar Key, and we spent all day on the on the water, and we were fishing for redfish. It was a great red fishing spot there, and we caught our limit that day. and uh, And I remember that for the first time, I got this big old fish on the line. Like, there was a lot on the line for the first time that I'd ever had, and, and I set the hook just right, and I reeled him in, and then we scooped him into the boat, and listen, we ended up having to toss him back because he was a little bit too long for us, too big for us to keep, and it was a great day, and I was so proud of that fish. Um, really maybe the one time in my life where I, I felt like I did everything right and just landed that fish on my own. Like, you know, there was times where I, I'd caught fish before, but it was somebody else was like helping me reel it in and set, it was all that. But this is like a, a time that I was proud of that fish because I caught it all on my own. But you know what really contributed to me being able to catch that fish was that my dad had hired a fishing guide. He had, there was somebody that he knew all the right places to take us, and, and I was ca- as I was casting out, he was telling me where to cast. He was taking me through proper technique, letting me know what bait to use, um, it, it, and he, he told me where to, when to set the hook. He was kind of watching it, by the way. I was, I, he, he was a little more patient than I was. Like I always try to set that hook too early. It pops right out of their mouth. But I was successful on that fishing trip because I had a guide, with us, that I had someone that, that had told me and shown me what to do, and I was confident that if I, honestly, if I would have taken what he told me and I would practiced enough, I feel like I probably could be an expert red fisherman today, but, but I didn't, I didn't practice enough. But that's what I want to be for you today, okay? I just want to, and, and that's what I hope I've been in this series, is just a good guide that I just want to show you the right place to cast. I want to, I want to show you what baits or lures you can use and how to make that thing look attractive to, to people that are lost and, and how to make your life look a little bit more attractive to them and, and how to know just, just when to set that hook, you know, and, and have that conversation with somebody and so today, I'm going to wrap up this uh, with this final message. I'll be your guide today, and I just want to give you three steps to becoming an expert fisherman. You guys, with me? Three steps to becoming an expert fisherman, guys. It's as easy as A, C, D. Now, there's two people in the two groups of people in the room. Okay, um, some of you guys just asked yourselves, "Where's the B?" and and I don't have one, okay? But, but now, the second group of people, you guys are fun because you guys just asked yourselves, where's the other C? A, C, D, C. Oh, okay. Just me. Okay. Cool. So it's just as easy as A, C, D. I wish I could put another C on the end, but uh, hey, I'm, three, I'm, I'm a little Baptocostal, so we got three points today, okay? Number one. Number one, three steps to be an expert fisherman. Number one, you need to accept the call of God. You've got to accept the personal call of God. What is God's call to you and to me? It's two words. He says, follow me. Follow me. Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 Jesus says it like this. He says, "Then Jesus said to his disciples, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me." Guys, you can't lead a world to Christ if you're not leading yourself to Christ first. You can't take somebody I had somebody tell me one time, you can't take somebody somewhere that you've never been. And so that's the reason that the worship team up here um, it is, is as powerful and impactful as, as, as they are because there's a place in worship that they get to personally, that they get there before they leave you guys there. When, I, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm preparing this message, I have to think about it like, how can I make a road map to get people to follow this, this, this road that I'm laying out to get to finally the point that I'm trying to make? I wanna, I wanna lead you there. And, and that's what Jesus is saying here. You can't, you can't lead yourself to Him without first following Him, you, or you can't lead other people to Him without first following Him yourself. You can't tell a world that you have hope if you don't know where to find it. And so God's call to each one of us is hey, follow me, follow me. Come on, do, do what I do, talk like I talk, walk like I walk. Come spend time with me, and I'll show you what it means to be my follower. That's what Jesus' invitation to every person that, that in this world is, hey, come follow me. It's not hard. I'm, I'm going I'm to demonstrate what it looks like for you. And you just follow me, and you'll learn as you go. And you know what's really amazing? As we say yes to the call of God to, to follow him, we start looking more and more like him. We just start looking more like him. Have you, guys, have you ever seen those married couples before? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The ones that have been married to each other for so long that they just start to look like each other. Like I wish I had pictures, but I didn't want to call anybody out. You know what I mean though? There's some married couples that I've seen in life that they've been married for so long, you later they start looking like each other. Or maybe those pictures that you've seen, like the the the, the dog owners that look like their that their dogs like resemble them. Maybe that might hit with you more. But, but after so much time, they start looking like each other. I'm telling you, it happens, okay? You're going to start noticing it now. You're going to be walking through Save-A-Lot, and you're going to be like, oh, he was right. <laughs> Don't approach them and ask if they're cousins. They might be. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, sorry. I'm just joking, y'all. This is great. Good time. Man, cancel me now. I can hear it now. Canceled. Um, anyway, they spend so much time together though they start they start looking like each other and, and that's just this is just like what happens when you spend time with Jesus. The more time that you spend with Jesus, you don't even have to try. You're going to start looking more like him. You're going to start acting more like him. You spend time with Jesus and he starts changing your desires. He starts changing your attitude. He starts developing your character in you and and the skills in you. and And it doesn't take a bunch of hard work on your part. It just takes your desire and your focus. Guys, following Jesus doesn't take extreme effort. But it does take extreme commitment. There's so many things in in your life that, that right now are calling for you to follow it. There's things in life that every single day you encounter and it's calling for you to follow, especially in the world we live in. I mean, come on, like... The, the world that we live in is all about follows. How many follows can I get on my, uh, on my social media? And you have all these things that are calling out to you to follow them. You have political parties. You have um, um, div- divisive cultures. You have exu- exuberant lifestyles, friends, family. Everybody has an opinion that you should live like I live. And each person is calling you, come follow me. Let me show you my way of life. Let me show you my way of life. And you know, hey, listen, just a side note here. you got to be careful who you follow, though. you got to be careful who you run with. Uh, You're going to start to look like the the sum total of the five relationships that you're closest to. The five people that you spend the most time around, those are going to be the people that you start looking like. And so you have to be very picky and careful who you run with. In the right relationships, here's the key. The right relationships are going to be the ones that lead you to Jesus and not pull you away. Those are the right ones. But but all these things, they're trying to fight for your attention. They're trying to fight for your loyalty. But the thing with all of these things is that they actually put more on you than they take off of you. They put more uh, pressure, more obligation, more stress, and they add it all on your shoulders. But let me tell you what Jesus says. He says he doesn't want to put more on you. He wants to take it off of you. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says it like this. Come to me, all you who are weary, you're tired, and you're burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He says, hey, if you come follow me, I'm not trying to put more on you. I'm trying to take the load off of you. So where the world tries to put obligation on your shoulders and stress and, and, and divided loyalty, Jesus is saying, just come follow me. Just come follow me and I, I'm going to take the stress off. I'm going to take the obligation off. And I'm going to teach you how to live an unburdened life. Jesus doesn't put more pressure on you. He takes pressure off of you. But first, you have to accept the call to follow him. And you got to do it wholeheartedly. Because when you're, when you're bouncing back on, the, on, on sides of the fence, there's a lot of stress there. There's, you don't know. There's a lot of war that's happening inside. When you finally commit to wholeheartedly follow Jesus, it's going to relieve you of that pressure. You've got to accept his call first to be an expert fisherman. Number two, you've got to commit to the mission of God. You've got to commit to the mission of God. So you've got to accept the call of God and you've got to commit to the mission of God. Once you accept the call, the next thing you do is commit yourself to God's agenda and not your own. Commit yourself to what God wants to do through you. So the mission the mission in, in our life, that as, as followers of Jesus, the mission in our life in some form is found in the first five books of your New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. The mission is found in all five of them. And it's called the Great Commission. Okay, the Great Commission. The word commission means to... Uh, it means a duty that's been given to a group of people, um, uh, a, a command that's been given to a, a group of people. And each time that you read it in these first five books, it states something along these lines. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them all the things that I've taught you. Like, it always sounds... Just like that, in some verbiage or another, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, teach them everything I've taught you. And so, Jesus says it like this again in Acts chapter 1. And these are, these are, listen, these are truly Jesus's last words before he ascended up into the clouds into heaven. Like this is the final, uh, the final goodbye. Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Guys, I want to show you this morning when it comes to committing to the mission of God, that there's an order to it. There's an order that, that you know, God is, a, God is a God of systems and God is a God of order. Like, look at any organism in existence and you're going to find that either macro or micro, from universe to the human body, that God has, an, has orderly systems that run and cause it, to, that, that cause it to be effectively run. If you're a healthcare practitioner or whatever, you know just if one small thing is off within the human body, everything's off. And, and it's constantly trying to get back to that state of order And so God is a God of order. He's a God of systems. And and when it comes to his mission, he's orderly. And sharing your faith is, God has an efficient order to do it in when you're you're being his ambassador in the world. And this is what what it is. Jesus says here, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the world. Let me break it on terms that we understand here. First, first, Your community, first your community, and then your region, and then you can expand beyond that. He's saying, start close to you, and then expand to the world from there. Listen, you don't have to relocate yourself to share your faith. You you don't have to change it all up. Your mission surrounds your life. Wherever you are today is wherever God wants you to start. And God says start at your inner circle and then work your way out into the other relationships in your life. Let me say it like this. Guys, your mission starts at home. Your mission starts at home. Before you go out into the world trying to perform great miracles, build large churches, reach mass amounts of lost people, you need to take a look at your family. They need to see you live well. They need to see you leading them well before the world sees what you have to offer. It starts at home. Married people, listen to me. Your spouse comes first. You can't can't go into the world winning all these lost people and then come home and giving your spouse table scraps of your emotion, of your personality. Your spouse comes first. First. Your first ministry is to your spouse, and then your second one is to your kids. I may have just blown your minds. Parents, your kids can't take priority. If you want to have a healthy family, your spouse has to come first. Your kids can come second. That's the the order of things that God says, the spouse comes first. Husbands, serve your wives. Wives, love your husbands. The best thing that you can do for your kids The best thing you can do is to show them what a healthy and a fruitful relationship really is. Set them up for success. Don't forsake all else in your life to cater to their every desire. No, they they don't need another thing, another commitment, they don't need another trophy. What they need is they need to see a godly marriage because there's not enough of them that are happening right now. They need to see that a marriage that is led by God is different than what they see around them in the world. Guys, your mission starts at home, but outside of that, you don't have to go very far to find an opportunity to insert the hope of Christ into the life around you. Every day, you have the opportunity to add value, eternal value to the world around you. No one person can change the world. But listen, any one person can change their world. You may not have influence to change the entire world, but you can start at home and you can change your world. Guys, the world is crying out right now for hope. They're crying out for direction, for a break in the chaos, and you can do something about it. But listen, and I don't want to be critical of the church in the United States. This is, this is what I love. This is my greatest love in life. But listen, the church in the United States has dropped the ball when it comes to this. Professor Howard Hendricks, he's a professor of theology. He said this. He said, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, the church is stuttering, stuttering. In the, midst of, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, the church is stuttering. The world is getting darker. It's getting crazier by the day. And let me tell you guys, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get darker. It's only going to get crazier. But, but you have hope. It's not going like, to, like, if you flip to the back of your Bible, we get to read, we win. Like, like the church, we're gonna come out on top. Where it's all right for you. But there's a world and it's getting crazy and it's getting dark. But as the church, we, sh- we should recognize this not through the eyes of defeat, but through the eyes of opportunity. Because the darker that a room gets, the brighter that a light can shine. The eyes, that eyes are drawn to the light that's shining in a dark room and the more divided that uh, that uh, that the world gets the brighter that a unified church can shine where there was division we have a church that is that is founded in unity the more desperate the world gets the greater the opportunity for us to share the answer to the hopeless situation the more chaotic life gets the more that god that the god of peace can stand out guys do you want to be an expert fisherman Commit yourself to the mission of God. And then finally, number three, D, starts with a D. got to depend on the spirit of God. Depend on the spirit of God. Guys, we can profess to know the hope of the world. We can do everything that we can to try to influence this world in the right direction. But the thing that really sets us apart is that after we're saved, after we're born again, Christ followers, that God himself comes to live inside of us and we never have to do it alone again. That Jesus promised us that at the moment that we're saved, that the Holy Spirit of God chooses to come and make his home in our heart. And the Bible said that he's going to abide with us forever. Which means he's gonna live in you and he's never gonna leave. He's gonna live in you, he's gonna abide forever. One of the benefits to the Holy Spirit is that he's gonna empower you to live a life that is marked by the presence and the power of God. So you never have to do this alone again. You always have somebody you can lean on. In fact, when you start to share your faith, and you get real nervous, and every rational thought leaves your brain because you're so scared and terrified to do this for the first time, I know what it's like, I've done it, I've been there. You still have a safety net. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 12. It says, when you're brought before the synagogues, when you're brought before people that really know, like, like they're smart, they they're really know, and, and rulers and authorities, the ones that have all the influence in the world, when you're brought before even these people, don't worry about how you're gonna defend yourself. Don't worry about what you're gonna say. Listen to this. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. The Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. Now, I'm not saying don't prepare Guys, I spend hours and hours and hours preparing this every day. But you know what? There's a lot of what, when I'm up here, there's a lot when I'm having personal conversation with somebody that's not in my notes. <laughs> and it's just, it's just the Holy Spirit says, hey, say this, try this, try this one. And you know what? I never have to lean on myself again. Like I'm going to prepare like it depends on me, but I'm going to plan like it, like it depends on Jesus, it depends on the Holy Spirit. And he says, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. It doesn't matter who you, who you brought before. If you have the opportunity to share your faith, don't worry about it. If you're terrified, if you're not sure what you're gonna say, it's all right. The Holy Spirit is gonna show you. He's gonna, he's gonna tell you what to say. Now that's some good news. You have a safety net that you can count on to, to catch you, to teach you in that moment. What to say in this Holy Spirit, the same one in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it says that He He would He would come and He would leave. He came and He left. In the Old Testament, it said that the Holy Spirit would come and rest on an individual and help this them accomplish some miraculous task that God had called them to perform, and then he would empower them through it. But then after they were done, he would leave again. But there's here's the good news for you today is that because we're saved, because God has transformed us at the deepest level of our being, now you're holy, now you're righteous. And the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. So it's not, he's not gonna come today and depart when he's finished. No, he's coming and he's living in you and he's not gonna leave. Listen, it doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, the Holy Spirit's with you. He's doing it all with you. He's he's there. You never have to live alone again. And he's going to help you with the task that you're called to. You have a God that stays. You have a God that abides in in you and with you. In the good and in the bad. In the moments of power. In the moments of weakness. When you're sharing Christ with fervor. And you have no idea what to say. The Holy Spirit is right there with you helping you guiding you empowering you equipping you in fact i just want to share some here's here's some characteristics that the bible uses to describe the holy spirit the holy spirit he's our guide He's our guide. He's our comforter. He's our spirit of truth. He abides with us forever. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the equipper of spiritual gifts. And He is God. And He chooses to live with you and never leave. And so when you step outside of yourself and you lean into the power of the Spirit of God, you're gonna to start to see things that you've never dreamed of seeing before. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, maybe you're watching the screens on me, but there's always a moment before I step up to this that I take one big step and I'm telling God, you know what? Holy Spirit, I'm stepping outside of myself and I'm stepping into everything that you're calling me to do. It's no longer about me anymore. It's all about you and you guys can do it too. In your life, you have opportunities to step outside of yourself and God is not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's not going to leave you dry. You can choose to live a life that lives according to your strength and lives according to what knowledge you possess and what skills that you have. And listen, you'll you'll be all right for a time. You'll be okay. But you're always going to be missing out on the greatest promise Aside from salvation, that Jesus promised to us, that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit back for us. He said, It's good that I'm going back to the Father because I'm going to be able to send the Holy Spirit back to you and you're never going to have to be alone again. You know what's lacking right now in the lives of so many Christians? The power of God the power of God. It's not that they don't pray enough. It's not that they don't read their Bible enough. It's that we're not walking in the power that God has promised us. We talk a lot about applying the principles of God and connecting to the presence of God, but we forget that because of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, you have the power of God that equips you to live a life that's beyond your reach. People need to see that. People need to see that there's a difference in Christians. That they need to see that the the God we choose to follow is different than what any other religion in the world offers. And different than what anybody else in the world offers. They need to see that we have a God who hasn't upped and left. We have a God that chooses to abide with us. Who equips us to carry out our mission. And who chooses to make his home among his creation. You want to be an expert fisherman? Accept the call of God and live a life that wholeheartedly follows Him. Commit to His mission of spreading this gospel of good news and then depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to equip you with what you need. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.